Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sinabria. Hi, this is Lily, and welcome to Master Leadership, where we connect with leaders worldwide to gain insights on important topics to help us on our journey towards greater significance. If you would like to participate as a guest, or if you have a question that you would like to ask a guest, go to masterleadership.org for more information. Dr. Jenny Christner has been a medical education leader and innovator for over 20 years. She has published widely, won several awards, and serves on many national medical education committees. Most recently, Dr. Christner founded a consultant company, Christner Strategies, which focuses on her three loves. The first is public speaking. As a closet actress, she loves engaging an audience and does so nimbly on a variety of topics. Her favorite talks include improv techniques to improve teamwork and communication and stop limiting beliefs and achieve your goals. She has been a plenary speaker and retreat opener on numerous occasions. She's also facile with numerous medical education faculty development topics. Her second love is life coaching. She offers one-on-one coaching and executive coaching packages, as well as courses on branding 101 and how to start your own business. Finally, she is an expert at all things LCME Medical School Accreditation. To find out more or to sign up for a course, visit www.christner-strat.com. Our interview will begin right after messages from our sponsors. Have you been wanting to launch your podcast and just haven't found the right resources? I launched Master Leadership Podcast in 2016, and it now ranks in top 1% globally. I've gathered all I've learned and created Master Your Podcast in a Weekend course on Master Your Swag app so that you have everything you need to share your voice with the world. Minus those excuses. So download Master Your Swag app on Google or Apple platforms to access the Master Your Podcast course and launch your podcast this weekend. Welcome, Dr. Jennifer Christner. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. Well, we're excited to have you on the podcast. Are you ready to pour into our listeners? Yes, indeed. Yes. Okay, let's do this. All right. So tell us a bit about your path to leadership and what you're doing now. Sure. So I think my path to leadership started early. I was definitely inspired by mentors and people around me who were doing really good things that I was interested in. And I'm a physician, although I don't practice anymore. And we'll talk about that a little bit, but I was very interested in academic medicine. I was interested in teaching. I loved learning. And so I really started off when I started my career after I finished my pediatric residency is I started really having leadership roles in education. And over time that continued 
And I just took on bigger and bigger roles in education till the time that I you know, became the dean. And then I think also something else happened in there in that you know, when you're in academic medicine, there's kind of like this regular path that you really follow. But I've always been somebody who likes to, I guess, draw outside the lines a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so I would, while I was very satisfied and fulfilled with what was going on with that aspect of my career, there was other parts of me that I felt had kind of been neglected while I was doing this career climb. And so I started to turn my attention to those. And they're actually the part of me that gives me the most excitement. And I think that also I'm able to incorporate into my leadership. And so what I mean by that is that when I was much younger, I had done some, you know, acting and I'd been in community theater and I had done dance and really all that kind of got squashed when I was in medical school and residency because it's very intense And so I had like a milestone birthday and I was, you know what, I've got to get some of this back. And so I started doing acting classes again and I took an improv class, which was really awesome. And I realized that I could actually kind of join my passion for the arts with my passion in academic medicine and incorporate that into my leadership and my leadership style. And that was really exciting. Wow. So we love people who draw outside the lines. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you're perfect here. Now, I love how you also connected with because not many people do that. um, Or they may do it later on in life where they figure out, hey, I'm neglecting my most passionate parts of me. And I love how you tapped into that. What is it that you're doing now? So what I realized when I was doing improv is that there's actually a science to it. So I was probably nerdy and kind of like this, not people that just get up on the stage and say whatever. There's actually rules and there's a science to it. And the key thing is about communication. So you have to constantly be listening to your partner. You cannot think about what you're going to say next or the scene completely falls flat. And so what I see so often in my real job is that things fall apart due to lack of communication or due to poor communication. And so what myself and a partner in crime did, who's also in education and also has a passion for theater, actually has a degree in theater, is we put together a workshop on improv techniques and how improv can basically help team communication. And it has been one of the most fun things to do because I think people look at us as leaders in academic medicine and here we are about to do a workshop on improv and they don't see the connection. And usually at first they're very wary, you know, they stilted, they don't, not really sure they want to participate in some of this craziness, but by the end of the workshop, what's We've never had a time where people didn't end up laughing and fully engaging. By the end, most people are making the connections between, oh, I get how these exercises could apply in real life. We have a few that don't. So we do have to kind of, we summarize at the end and kind of explain how they're going to use these principles in everyday life and in their communication with teams. And you can even see then like some of the light bulbs, you know, going off. And that's really, really exciting is to be able to use those things that really kind of spark my passion to be able to make a difference still in my real job. Um, Right. So your real job, you keep referring to that. What? (laughs) So my real job is I'm a dean of a medical school is my real job. So, So I run a medical school in real life. And then on the side, I participate in improv and giving these workshops about improv and communication. I love this because one of my passions is educational leadership, but also very close to that is leadership in the medical field because lives are at stake and connection is so important. Communication is so important. And, you know, I've been on the receiving end of poor leadership 
in both lanes. So it, it is a passion and I love that you're doing this. Now, when you speak of your improv techniques, to me, it's coaching, helping people process through things. So who are your clients? It's actually a pretty wide range. So most of the clients are really people in academic medicine. So um, the educational leadership, so people like me other deans or people running curriculum, running student affairs offices, running something in a medical school or professional school because it applies across. Although it is really interesting. So I do that nationally, but locally in the community, you know, as I talk to people, I've had a library board actually asked to give that talk to their board. I think the principles are really applicable to any group that gets together and has to like make decisions together. Right. <laughs> pretty, pretty much applicable to any group, but you know, my people are really leading medical schools. So wonderful. And so in your bio, I read that you have three loves and you've utilized, you've combined everything or you synthesized everything to bring your organization to life. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So the other thing that I did again, is I kind of refound my passion is I started my own company. And so that's been exciting again. Uh, it just brings me a lot of joy. And so funny, what we do is we do these sort of event plannings and so speaking. So talking about improv and communication is certainly one of our key ones but we have lots of different topics that we will talk about faculty development wise, how to give feedback, just a lot of team dynamics, right? Because I think what I always tell people is when things go wrong, it's really two things. It's communication and process, communication and process. And those are the two things. So a lot of the workshops are features around that change management, leadership difficulties, you know, those sorts of things. So definitely big. I am an executive coach. So I also coach people again, very similar. So you, you go from the team to the individual. So right. as an individual, how do I show up every day? How do I navigate some of these these conflicts that come up that are often the result of poor communication or poor process. I love doing that. It's really exciting. And it's also kind of neat because I still see myself as young, but I recognize that I'm old and getting old. So there's a lot of people who are like, how did you get to, you know, where you are? And so I like being able to kind of help them get sure. in that direction. So those are two of the things that are just really exciting. So you can find me, it's Christner Strategies. So if you Google that, or the actual website is Christner, C-H-R-I-S-T-N as in Nancy, E-R dash strat, S-T-R-A-T dot com. Yeah. And I'm also on LinkedIn. That's probably an even easier way to find me. So LinkedIn, Jenny Christner, really easy way to find me. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Now, as a lifelong learner, Jennifer, mm -hmm. what are you mm -hmm. learning right now? Ooh, that's great. So uh, learning is several things, actually. So I am actually diving into coaching literature right now. So at my bedside, I have all kinds of books on conflict management and negotiation. So totally diving into all of that again. Also diving into some things more spiritual, finding positivity in life, those sorts of things, right? I think you get to a point where you're like, there's not time left for tons of conflict, right? Like, I just want to do well in the world and help others. So I think a lot of reading about that as well. Wonderful. Now, you've said you were a self-proclaimed nerd, right? Nerdy. Yes. <laughs> so you have several books at the same time. <laughs> and some people ask me this question. This is the reason why I'm asking too. Yeah. What's your strategy when you're reading several books at once? Do you pile them all on top of one another and rotate them? Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Oh Which my gosh, that's a great question. Yeah, so I probably somewhere, I have a tiny bit of ADHD, you know, like I think like to do all, all these things, right? So I try to start and finish a book, but if I can't or if I get stuck, then I will go to a next one. And I actually take notes. So I have a little notebook where I take notes or 
I have all these little symbols to myself. So when I'm going through a book, if there's a quote I like, I put something. If there's an activity, then I'm like, oh, this would make a really good activity in a workshop. You know, I have a little different notation for that. So I kind of annotate the books as I read, and that actually helps keep my mind active, right? Like where I'm really centering on the topic. I also just read, honestly, like 10 to 15 pages a day. So part of my morning routine is getting up, doing my exercise, doing gratitudes, and then I read 10 to 15 pages of a book. And like I said, when I start to get stuck or I'm like, eh, then I'll switch to the next one and kind of dive into that until I'm kind of ready to go back to the other one. I appreciate that. I also love that you mentioned your morning routine. Mm -hmm. How important is that in leadership? I think it is essential. And what's really interesting is I always had a morning routine, but I never kind of like called it out. And then a few years ago, I read the book, The Miracle Morning, and it was really a great book just because it helped solidify all these kind of little things I did like, oh, that's why this works. And so now I'm actually very intentional. And I find if I have a day where I get up late or I, you know, have a a really early morning meeting and I can't kind of do it, like my day is kind of off when I don't center myself in the morning and like do my routine. So I think it's critical for leaders so that you get in the right mind frame and you're able to attack your day. I just think the morning routine is absolutely critical. Yeah. Yeah, So do I. So I'm glad that you're talking about it. Now, when you think of leadership today, Jennifer, what most concerns you and what are you most hopeful about? Sure. So I think the thing that most concerns me, and this probably has to do with my liking to color outside the box a little bit, is sometimes what I personally just perceive as a fear to go where no one's gone before. Right. And so I think it's this we don't want to get stuck in the well, we always do it this way. Right. And leaders will say that's not what we do. But actually, when you think about it, it is pretty scary when you're running an organization to be able to take that leap and say, yep, there's no benchmarking for this. Actually, I don't know anybody else who's done it, but I want to try this. And if we fail, then we fail or we'll do continuous quality improvement. And so I don't see as many people as I like that are willing to take that leap. On the opposite side, you know, you said, what do I see this encouraging? So I think COVID with all the negatives that it had, and I sometimes feel guilty saying that there were some positives from COVID because I know people were so profoundly affected by it. Right. But with that, I think with COVID, there were some positives and that at least in academic medicine and education, it made us do some things that I think we'd been wanting to do for years, such as more online education. How do we enhance that? How do we go to more student-centered active learning? And it really pushed that in a way that I think we wouldn't have gotten there so quickly without that push, for sure. Yeah, that we've always done things this way before is out the window now. And that's a good thing, right? Yeah. You mentioned failing, and I read somewhere that you believe that failing as often as you can is the greatest thing that someone can do. Talk, Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I think that's also part of my training as a coach as well. That was one of the principles that was ingrained in us. And it's just so true that you should actually aim to fail at something every single day. Right. And you know, and if you think about our little kids, like when they go to school, they really talk about that. They talk about, you know, mistakes are, that's how you grow, right? That's how you learn. And again, when I look back on my career, some of the mistakes I made or some of the, at the time, bad things that happened are totally what got me to the next level, like 300%. And I just can't imagine them now, like, oh, that was a really hard thing I went through. But if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't be where I am right now, which is awesome, right? So just failing is key. You've got to fail. It doesn't always feel good, but it's, no. it's good for us. Right. 
For sure. And I think it's Michael Jordan has a great piece you can Google where he talks about all the times that he failed, right? It's very moving. And yeah, you've got to fail every day. So, (laughs) All right. Wonderful. So Jennifer, we have a surprise question here from Leilani Cure. She wants to know what are some unconventional leadership tips for us? Ooh, I like unconventional leadership tips. That's great. I will say, cause it happened to me. So I'm a little bit loud for a leader. You know, I dress how I dress. I wear dangly earrings, you know, and what's really interesting is I was actually told at one point by a female boss that I had just gotten a new leadership position. I had moved up the ladder and she brought me into her office and she said, you know, Jenny, you're going to have to, you know, rein it in now that you have this position. And I was really kind of like stunned and hurt a little bit. And, you know, I just didn't know what to make that. Every feedback you get, I think there's some truth to it. So I tried to look for the truth and I could see some of that, you know, okay, I'm at the board meeting, maybe you got to do this or that. But then my division chief, who happened to be a man, I told him the story and he said, Jenny, he said, that's crazy. He said, you got where you got because of who you are and how you are. Right. So I think that the bit of unconventional leadership is that don't try to fit into that square or that peg, you know, because you are where you are because you in fact are you and what you are bringing to that scenario. So be you like be all of you. And if it's not working at the place you're at, move on out and find your people because your people are out there and really need to be you. Right. You know, I love that you listened for some truth in the person that was telling you to rein it in, because that's just wisdom. And I also love that you tapped into your inner circle to get their feedback. Mm -hmm. Those two things are critical, especially when we're confronted with things like this that can really trigger us, right? Right. I really appreciate that. So Jenny, as a listener of this podcast, what's a question that you would like a future leadership guest to respond to? Like, what are you curious about? I would like to ask them, in what ways do they color outside the lines? And how has that actually benefited them as a leader or their organization? Because I'd like to see more of that. I'd like to see more outside of the box thinking and what happens when you actually do it. Jenny, I love that question. And we will certainly (laughs) pose it to a future leadership guest. Now, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Oh, gosh. I think just kind of the classic corny things, but that they're so true, like don't give up on your dreams. And that I think really one of the most important things is starting each day positively with some sort of positive intention because it's really easy to wake up sometimes and oh you know I don't want to go to this meeting or I don't want to have to have this conversation with this person but if you can just try to reframe that a tiny bit about I'm glad I have the opportunity to give feedback to this individual you know just try to frame it in a positive it just changes the whole outlook on your day and I think sometimes reframing our thoughts can be super helpful. That's a great way to close this out. Now, one more time, where can we reach you? Yes, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Jennifer Christner on LinkedIn, or uh, my website, which is www.christner-strat.com. Beautiful. Jennifer, thank you so much for adding value to me and to our listeners. It's been a great conversation. Thanks for having me. In closing, here's a quick message. Coaching is the art of influence that underpins leadership in the 21st century. It is the very thing that can get you from being stuck to being extraordinary. So go to masterleadership.org and sign up to get a free coaching session. Until next time, continue to ignite 
that leader in you.